listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Recently on the show, we heard from Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, as well as law professor and activist Bernadette Atuene about the issue of property tax assessments here in the city of Detroit. Now, they say that between 2009 and 2015, up to 80% of homes in the city were unconstitutionally overassessed. And they point to studies that suggest the problem persists even to this day. They're calling on Governor Gretchen Whitmer to investigate and end property overassessments. And a lot of activists want Mayor Mike Duggan to create a fund to compensate homeowners who were overcharged. You can find that conversation on WDET.org. But today we are trying to get the city's perspective on the issue. And we've got somebody who knows a lot about this with us to explain. I'd like to welcome City of Detroit Deputy Mayor Conrad Mallet to the show. Conrad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, so give us your take on what's going on with uh, tax assessments in the city. Is this still a problem, as uh, Congresswoman Tlaib says. So what, what remains a problem in the city of Detroit and every other big city in America, Stephen, is poverty. You remember that Mike Duggan ran uh, on a property tax reform plank mm-hmm. when he first ran for mayor. You remember that the first thing, for, among the first things that he did was reduce the property taxes in the city of Detroit by 22%. Since then, we've instituted seven different programs entitling Detroiters to property tax exemptions based on income, and each year our ability to contact those persons who are eligible increases. In fact, this year we're going to reach 11,000 persons who are going to take advantage of the property tax exemption programs that we have here in the city of Detroit. It is not because the city of Detroit uh, is not diligent or caring or concerned that people pay only the taxes that are due, but in fact, we are interested in making sure that people who are eligible for relief, Stephen, get it, number one. Number two, The thing that I think is, is like with every other statistical argument that people make, there is an alternative. What Dr. Bernadette does is gather all of the properties that have a foreclosed value and or simply a low value and group them together and say, collectively, all of these houses have been overassessed. You're born and raised in the city of Detroit, and so that you know there is a difference between a house located, say, in um, um, uh, near Marygrove High School, Marygrove uh, College on Six Mile, uh, say, in Santa Barbara, versus a house similarly situated in the airport subdivision. The point that I'm making by that example is is that the the house in the Bagley district because of the neighborhood, is going to have a different value than the house in the airport Mm -hmm. uh, subdivision. And we believe that the micro-neighborhood examination that the assessor's office does is appropriate. We believe it's mandated by state law. We believe, lastly, that it is the most fair and appropriate way uh, to assess a property's value. And and I've seen some studies that suggest, though, that, for instance, that house in the airport, subdivision 
is actually more overassessed than the house in a more stable uh, neighborhood be- because values are so low in those places and people are still uh, you know assessed at, at 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 some value above uh, above that so i and again i think the question that they're raising is is this still going on are, do we still have a problem with overassessments in the city so in 2017 excuse me yeah it, it, the the in 2015 we did a house by house assessment where each individual house and then examined within the context of the neighborhood pursuant to the law uh, was assessed. The state tax commission was here, as you know, had a four-year mandate, left two years early, certified that what we were doing was exactly correct. Uh, All 32 of our assessors are certified by the state tax commission. Stephen, we've done everything I think that we can do to be sure that the assessments that we're placing uh, on the houses, particularly in light of the framework of all the programs that we have in place, uh, uh, is keeping, uh, 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 allowing Detroiters to be sure that the assessed values uh, are accurate. Uh, Again, I point out to uh, the fact that you've got 11,000 uh, persons this year who are going to take uh, advantage of the property tax exemption programs that we have. Mm. Now, that's not to say, Stephen, that, that there still is not opportunity. We believe there are about 15,000 more people eligible who simply have not taken advantage of the program. And because of COVID-19, we have not been uh, able to do the house-by-house contact that normally would occur. During the course of all of this discussion, particularly with our nonprofit partners, uh, at one point uh, we were doing a, knocking on 120,000 doors a year, assisting people in managing through uh, the foreclosure process, the tax assessment process, the eviction process. Uh, United Housing, the United Community Housing Coalition, among others, has provided extraordinary. A leadership in this area, and we've been we've been hand in hand uh, in this effort, and 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 really think that the process that we have in place is fair and equitable, and subject to any examination uh, that people might want to bring. We know uh, that we are functioning within the confines of the law, and we know that our concern uh, for the people, of the city of Detroit, Stephen, is genuine. So. Mm-hmm. The, we're all trying to get to the same place. We're all trying to make sure that people are not being overassessed. We think that collectively all of the things that we are doing would allow uh, Detroiters to, to, to come to the conclusion that they're being treated fairly and equitably. Yeah. Uh, so I also want to ask about people who were overassessed, and there are some very big numbers associated uh, with those over assessments, uh, you also have people who lost their houses to tax foreclosure after being over assessed, and I, you know there is still this this question out there about well how do you how do you make up for that how do you make those people whole for what was what was done to them? Uh, can you give us a sense of what the administration is thinking about what could be done to compensate them? So within the confines of the financial capability of the city of Detroit, as you know, Stephen, we went to city council with a series of proposals uh, last year that got rejected. There is a limitation on how much 
uh, reimbursement, a municipal government like the city of Detroit, recently out of bankruptcy, can afford. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our position is, is that within the confines of our financial ability, the discussions that we had and discussions that we continue to have with city council, frankly, are are within the financial framework uh, that we can afford, number one. Number two, uh, we also would say that we're the wrong level of government uh, to uh, create a fund for the kind of recompense that uh, Congresswoman Talib is uh, arguing for, uh, and the 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 uh, sending that message to the state, and frankly, sending that message to the federal government, I think is going to uh, at least put her in contact with governmental entities who have the wherewithal. You and I were on Mackinac Island. Uh, discussing schools, I don't know, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a, a task force headed up by John Ricolta. And the issue was whether or not we were gonna, going to uh, recreate, uh, uh, de- reorganize Detroit Public Schools. Uh, we created DPSCD. We forgave the uh, back debt created by all of the various state controllers that had come in to run the district. But you remember, Stephen, that John himself said, uh, the Detroit Public Schools deserve, need, and actually the finances show uh, uh, should be getting $300 million, which never came. Mm-hmm. So I would say to you that the idea of these large financial fixes are, are best delivered at the level of government that can actually afford to make That actually it. has the money. That, that, that makes some sense. Uh, although, here, here's an idea, and, and maybe this is nuts, but maybe it's not. You have a lot of people who've lost homes in the city of Detroit. I mean, thousands and thousands of them. Uh, we also have an inventory of a lot of those homes uh, in the land bank, uh, which is where they end up if they don't get bought at, at auction. Why not try to figure out a way to maybe recompense some of the people who lost their homes, partially due to overassessment, by getting them into these other homes and maybe at no cost? I mean, uh, could we raise corporate funds to try to to try to uh, to try to rehab those homes for people who lost them? Could we get governments uh, to to kick in? Uh, some of that, some of that money at, at the state or the federal level. I mean, the, the the problem, of course, is that we're talking about homes and people who lost their homes uh, in in a, in our city. Why not deal directly with that problem with uh, the opportunity to get them back into homes? So, Stephen, as you know, the land bank has a program uh, that says that if you are eligible for property tax exemptions and you're living in the house, uh, we will work with you uh, to manage the taxes and allow you to keep the house that you are in. We have home buyback programs, and as you point out, the essential missing piece there is the rehabilitation of the home so Mm -hmm. that the families who live them are doing so in a safe and secure manner. Uh, And that is part of what we're attempting to do with the securitization funds that were raised by Proposal Mm N, create houses that people can go into where the rehabilitation is, in fact, going to be realizable and within a a sum that people perhaps could uh, uh, borrow. To determine all of that really is going to require 
funds on hand, the banking community, the social services community, and everyone pulling together, it seems to me in the decision that what the uh, Duggan administration has done uh, as, as we are looking at programs like that, and, and that is absolutely what we are doing, we're also looking forward with our People's Fund. Uh, we're trying to raise uh, $50 million over the course of five years as we focus on trying to get people uh, eligible for jobs that we think are coming or that currently uh, exist. There is a forward responsibility of government in terms of thinking and acting. Uh, I think that uh, as we look at programs that are going to put people into houses, even if they're fully rehabbed, uh, for which they cannot then afford to pay the utilities, cannot afford to pay the property taxes due because of the job training that didn't occur for the jobs that they now cannot get, it's, 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 it's not as simple as we all uh, might like it. Uh, to be and simply giving someone a house. Uh, uh, in fact, if you remember on the video that uh, a conference that Congresswoman Tlaib had, there was a young woman who moved into a house uh, that she bought from some nefarious person that was not well maintained, had lots of problems associated with it, and the she couldn't afford both the the upkeep and the taxes. She chose the upkeep because of the uh, children that she had, which was, I think, an extraordinary, important, correct decision. Uh, the house got lost uh, to tax uh, uh, foreclosure during the Bing uh, administration, and this young woman has never recovered. So, you know, these are complex issues, in fact, which is why, you know, we've got organizations that we just got off the ground, like the Community Health Corps, trying to give people uh, 360 degrees of, of help so that the collection of issues confronting persons in poverty, mm. uh, we can look at and see if there's a way for us to holistically yeah. uh, help them manage out of the circumstance therein. Yeah, but, no, no question that that, yeah. that fighting poverty is the way to keep people in their in their homes. Right. Uh, and and I'm glad to hear about you know the, the the programs that that you're that you're engaged in to try to match people who lost their homes with 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 new homes. It does seem to me though that there's an opportunity to specifically uh, seek out those people who were over assessed and lost homes. To really uh, target them as you know as as potential uh, recipients. And so, Stephen, you know what? Listen, I mean, you and I've had this privately had this discussion a hundred times, man. These equity kinds of issues, yeah. these profound societal responses to poverty and all of the consequences associated with the systemic racism that we know Detroiters have had to uh, contend with uh, forever in a day. You know, there's no simple solution. I mean, I, 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 I was with a group of lawyers when I was much, much younger, and we were trying desperately find a way to see if we could uh, sue the FHA for the uh, violent systemic racism that kept black people in certain areas mm -hmm. of cities like Detroit mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and couldn't figure out a way to get over the statute of limitations and those kinds of things. I mean, these are profound questions, man, that are not easily answered. And again, I come back to the statement I made earlier. We, we, what, what needs to happen is the federal government, the state government, and local government, we all need to be involved. Uh, in these discussions. Yeah.
Okay. Uh, Conrad Mallett, Deputy Mayor for the City of Detroit. Always great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us here on the program. No problem, my friend. Stephen, good to talk to you as well. Take care. You too. Thank you. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with former Wayne State University President Dr. Irvin Reed and Honors College Dean John Corvino about what democracies in other countries can teach us about the political crisis we're in and an event they're holding tomorrow night to talk about that subject. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.